Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. We are a weekly Columbus-centric podcast focusing on the civics, lifestyle, entertainment, and people of our city. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. This week, I sat down with poet and performance artist Barbara Fant to talk about the ins and outs of slam poetry, her evolution in the art form, the importance of mentors, the difference between writing and performing that writing, how to deal with burning out, and what it's like to share very personal work on stage. You can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Also, The Confluence Cast is on Patreon. Find out how to support this podcast on our website, theconfluencecast.com, or at patreon.com confluence. The Confluence Cast is sponsored this week by Art Makes Columbus, Columbus Makes Art, featuring stories about our city's incredible artists, stories full of inspiration, challenge, passion, and success. For videos, articles, an up-to-the-minute calendar of events, and an artist directory, visit columbusmakesart.com, the resource for all things arts and culture in the capital city. Enjoy the interview. Sitting down here with Barbara Fant, performance poet. Barbara, how are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Barbara, how did you become a performance poet? Sure. So I've always written. Um, I grew up writing poetry. Mm -hmm. When I was about 15, I always say that, um, you know, I found poetry when I was younger. When I was 15, poetry found me. I lost my mother when I was 15. And I also lost a brother-in-law. I was 17. My father was diagnosed with a mental illness. So I experienced a lot of trauma, especially growing up in Youngstown, Ohio. Okay. You grow up in a lot of trauma. So I experienced a lot of trauma. I was an angry teenager. I didn't know how to talk about it. Um, I wanted to go to counseling. And my dad said, nope, you're going to church. Okay. So I wrote poetry. um, And that became a way of release for me. It became a way of processing. It became a way of communicating. And um, when I was in maybe my senior year, I used to watch HBO Deaf Poetry. Okay. And I saw a poet on there from New Orleans named Sunny Patterson. Okay. And I was like, oh my goodness, I want to do what she does. So when I came to Columbus to go to school, I found an open mic at the Brownstone. It was called Black Pearl Poetry. Mm-hmm. And um, I ended up falling in love with that space. I got on the mic and I haven't left the stage since. Okay. And is that how you discovered it through popular culture? Like it wasn't a mentor or some educational facility? Right. It was definitely through popular culture. Okay. Um, I got heavily into music when I was younger, too. And Mm -hmm. I I heard of underground rap battles and, you know, a few of my my sister's friends were interested in music. And so I learned about it there. But it really wasn't until I saw HBO Def Poetry that I realized, like, oh, my goodness, like people get on stage and they perform their hearts out through poetry. And that's really what I want to do. And so was there a little bit of a scene going on in Youngstown at the time as well? Not poetry wise, really, um, really more music. Okay. So rap. And if there was, I didn't know about it. Um, I think they're starting to build a scene now, but it's a lot of younger people. Yeah. Yeah. They actually do have a a poetry scene now, but they're younger. Um, But I but I do know that they have a scene, but they didn't when I was coming up. And as much as I know about your biography, you 
were doing the performance poetry and then you actually went to seminary then after your time at college, right? I did. I did. So I studied at um, Ohio Dominican University and I did a literature degree there. Okay. And I wrote and performed. So I had started competing in what's called SLAM. If you know about SLAM. So I started competing. And so I did that for years. I also um, worked for an organization called Art for a Child Safe America. Okay. It's no longer in existence. But what we did was we took poetry and visual arts into juvenile correctional facilities. Okay. And taught art as a form of healing. And I fell in love with that space. So it was like one of my first jobs. I was in like 19. Okay. And I was going into uh, this juvenile correctional facility. And some of the girls were even older than me. Right. Right. <laughs> and, um, and I just, I loved it. I fell in love with the space and I said, I want to, I want to be able to serve in this way. I feel connected to this space. And so I decided to go to seminary uh, to become a prison chaplain. Okay. And uh, my life took a different direction. So that's not exactly what I ended up doing. But all my field study was at a prison. Okay. So, yeah. And I want to get into some of the other ways that you use poetry in your current day to day and your what I assume is mostly volunteer work. Yeah. I'm going to invite you just first of all, since we're just getting going to read us a poem, if you wouldn't mind. Sure. It's called Black Woman Repetition. Black woman college degree, black woman masters, black woman student loans, black woman loaned her life over to student student, black woman woman full-time job, single black woman over 30, single black woman 30, black woman world calls bitter, Black woman bitten, angry black, black woman bitter black, angry broke, is she the only thing broken? Let's talk about war. Let's talk about Vietnam, men coming home limbless, agents orange where black souls should be. Let's talk about fathers, daddy didn't come home, black woman got daddy issues. Black woman, daddy issues, black woman 30 still dealing with daddy issues. Black woman nurse, black man, black father. Black boy too afraid of his own insecurities. Black woman, black hole. Black woman, not whole. Black woman, black woman, you are more than just the hole your thighs uphold. Woman of black. Black woman, you are not always the knight. You are not always black and blue. Black woman, not Jonah. Black boy, are you Jonah? What do you do? When there's fear inside you the size of a whale's body, black woman wail. Black woman travail for black man. Black woman pray. Black woman pray. Black woman don't be another man's prey. She swim. Black woman float, woman water. Black woman, your face not always in aquariums. Explosion. Wow. Um, it should be noted, obviously, people can't see what's going on, that literally that uh, piece of paper that you picked up is just tattered from <laughs> the uh, from its continual use. Can you talk about sort of... Indeed. So you have some training in writing, right? Sure, yes, Okay. I do, Can definitely. you talk about that? Sure. I, I mean, I studied literature. Okay. So, I mean, I grew up. But that's not necessarily how to write. That's True. much more interpreting writing. But Right. Right. That's analyzing writing. Right. Absolutely. So, I mean, I, I grew up, I had mentors growing up in SLAM, especially. I had coaches. Okay. So, I attribute a lot of my success to Will Evans, who mentored me. Um, is said, who is an 80-something-year-old poet who's in the city. We call him the godfather of poetry. And has been mentioned a couple of times on this podcast. Oh, yeah. really? Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yes. So, is said in the advance party really nurtured me. Um, he was somebody who made me sit down and do writing exercises, but then also thrusted me into performance. Okay. So if he was doing a festival, I was coming right along with him and doing a festival with him and, and getting on stage and, and doing a poem. Well, and that's the juxtaposition that I'm interested in, actually, yeah. is the writing and the performance aspect of it. Yeah. Do you write with the performance in mind? 
no, some t- no, I edit typically with the performance in mind. Got it. Sometimes if a rhythm will come to my head, then I know I need to write it in that way. But more than likely, it's really just the metaphor that I want to use or the story that I want to tell. Okay. So the way that I write um, is really from a space of this is what I want to say and how can I say this in the best way possible so that people can visualize it the way that I want them to see it. Um, but when I am when I'm editing, I think about the performance that much more. So I think about my breathing patterns. I think about length, especially in slam. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you can't go over three minutes, so you better have, you okay. know, and if you're doing an individual slam, you got a one minute, two minute, three minute, and a four minute. So, okay. you know, you have to think about those things too. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I, I edit in, in thinking about performance, but not so much the writing. Got it. A lot of writing, my, a lot of my writing won't get performed. And so how much, what is your typical subject matter then of yeah. your po- poetry? Is that indicative of it, what we just heard? Some of it, you know, I, I've changed. I think I've shifted over the years. Okay. I think a lot of it initially was more about um, release and about this is what I've gone through and this is my experience and kind of that spiritual backing too. Um, I'm a very spiritual person, so I talk a lot well, about God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. That's you a got given, some right? background <laughs> in it. Um, but a lot of what I write about now is about being a black woman in America um, and what that looks like and having to navigate through an all white space day in and day out. Okay. And, um, the trauma that can exist just from that. Okay. So, yeah. You mentioned before we got on the microphone that you have been commissioned for pieces as well. Yes. Um, and I want to talk about that, but I want to talk about that in the context of how you choose what, because basically you're mm. coming with, for lack of a better metaphor, you're coming with weapons, right? Mm. You're coming to either a slam or a performance and people aren't dictating to you what the subject matter needs to be, but you're certainly uh, preemptively reacting to your audience of, I know this is it, you're doing it, you know, you're performing at the Ohio Art League's annual event coming up you've performed with other organizations or in front of other esteemed individuals and i imagine that you're picking the pieces based on who your audience is and to an extent what you want to say to them when i'm doing my own shows yes okay if i'm doing a commission piece okay i'm not choosing the subject matter they okay. are um, so, so what's the, remind me what the commission piece that you have coming up. Yeah, so I'll be at um, Ohio Environmental Council's annual gala. Okay. And so they really wanted me to write something about my own experience and, and how I understand the environmental issues that have impacted my life. Okay. Right, so they wanted me to come from this um, space of uh, being from Youngstown and what that looks like and how the land has impact impacted my life personally. Right? Okay. In addition to, they wanted me to use the theme of the white oak. So a lot of that is in the poem as well. Okay. I'm also right before the pitch, right, to ask for money. So there's that part of it too. So you might want to edit that I, one out. No, 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 no. No, that's interesting but, um, actually, right, yeah. that they would inform you of that, of like, hey, we, you know, they may even have said to you, like, we don't mind if you're super controversial, but maybe we do mind a bit because this is where it falls in in our program, right? Yeah, yeah. And so it's not like you're tempering yourself. It's just that's not what this performance is about. 
Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. If people are commissioning me, they're paying me for a specific job and I right. to get the job done. And so it's almost like commercial art to an extent, right? It is. Like, in, in a way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, and because I going back to that training piece, because I'm trained as a writer. Right. I know how to do it. Right. I can do it. Right. You know, I know the tools and the, the I have the skill. I've trained myself to do it um, and I've grown up through that training so I can get it done. Um, and I can take what you have, your what you want me to draw on, or your subject matter, and I can pull it into a piece that manifests into something. It's right. beautiful. Do, have you produced your own shows then as well? Um, produced? I don't. Well, I put I've put on my own shows. Yes, yes. I've performed in in spaces. Yes, where I do my own shows. So a lot of times too, when you tour or you you do the um, slam circuit, okay, so to speak. Then there's spaces that people will bring you in for features. Okay. So, um, where have I been recently? Um, was in Cleveland. Okay. Um, for a show at their slam venue. Um, I've done the New Yorkian in New York. I've done the Bowery in New York. So shows like that. And so are those competitions all like invites or people are competing in order to get to do these shows? And then you're just sort of like that, not sort of, you are the headliner. Yeah, so there, so you're the feature. So okay. they bring you in. And for I'm like sorry, I guess maybe I'm misinterpreting. No, it's All okay. slams are competitions, right? Um, so slams are competitions. Right. So okay. a slam is if you think of a slam, then you're competing for something. Got it. Um, however, like when you compete, so every city pretty much has a slam venue, a qualified slam venue, right? So you compete locally to get to a national slam. One of the cool things about that is once you get to a national slam, you have exposure to the rest of all the, the others. The others. The right. best of the best, right? So a lot of times they'll see you and they'll be like, hey, can you come and feature at my show right. in November? And then you get to come and be the feature for that evening of their open mic. And you get paid out pretty good, for you know, better than you would get paid for your local slam. Right. And is there money involved normally with, like, with the competition aspect of it? There is, but it's not enough to pay for how much you have to Well, you know. but it's similar to, like a band who's super passionate and like that money's kind of just paying for gas to get there. Exactly. That's okay. exactly what it pays for. It's yep. about the gas to get there. You know, that's that exactly. is the extent of yeah. it. <laughs> right. You can sell books and, and product if you have CDs or something like that too. So that's a, that's a cool thing. Okay. You have a new audience to sell to. So that's great. And do you have, I know you've done some published work, right? Yeah. Yep. And then you, so do you manage all that yourself? I do. I do. So I was um, I won an award in 2010 um, from the court. It was the Cora Craig Award for young authors off Penmanship Books out of New York City. Yes. So they gave me an award and I published a book um, through them. And so they helped manage that for a while uh, because it's been so many years. It just slid off and I kind of been doing my own thing. So I don't really sell that book anymore. It wasn't Gramercy Books and Bexley for a while. Okay. Um, But I did the feature there and sold out and I haven't I've just kind of put it out of print. Okay. So I don't really use that anymore. Um, and then I came out with two chat books in 2017. Okay. And you mentioned, again, this was before we got on the microphone, sure. but I had to ask you to spell <laughs> it. It's uh, C-H-A-P mm-hmm. as in chapter book. Can you yeah. just sort of define what that is? Sure. So it's, it's short for a chapter book. Okay. Um, but it's it's actually like a, it's like a preview to a full collection. I would think of it almost as it's a chapter of a future book. That's a great way to think of it. Okay. Yeah. It's like a, I always think about it being a mixtape. 
It's like right. a mixtape. It's for an MC to put out a, a mixtape or an EP. Right. Right. Like, so you're putting out an EP. Well, and the comparison I made because it's all I can't imagine that it's uh, professionally produced. It's right. something you're putting together yourself. So it's almost exactly. like a zine of poetry. Yeah. 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 I mean, now because um, especially with performance poetry, it's kind of blown up everywhere. If you think about like button poetry or slam find, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of different publishing companies that will do competitions for you to get a chapbook published. Really? So a lot of yeah. So there's a lot of competitions out there where you can submit your work. Okay. And get uh, a, a actual chapbook published, and they'll publish it for you, and it looks. What's really, really nice. Distribution look like for that. Like, I guess I just haven't come across it in like even alternative bookstores that you know finding that. Right, that's a good question. So typically, when you win a chat book um, con- contest, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of distribution behind it, unless. Um, Are they just sending you a couple of boxes of your book? You yeah, you okay. kind of win an award basically, Got it. right? And you get so many books, and usually that's outlined in in the guidelines when mm-hmm. you are submitting to the competition. And yep. I'm sure you have the option to buy more if you want. Yeah, and, you, you can know. do. Yeah, you could probably buy more if you want later. Yeah. Talk about your volunteer work with Transit Arts. First yeah. of all, just what is Transit Arts? Yeah, so Transit Arts is a it's a group. It's an artist collective mm-hmm. um, that is comprised of um, visual artists, painters, sketchers, dancers, singers, poets, MCs, and we're housed out of Central Community House. Mm-hmm. So that's our base. And we provide free workshops to kids in the community. Okay. So um, teenagers. And so what I do is I um, teach a poetry workshop weekly. Uh, okay. Um, on Thursday nights for Transit Arts, for the kids at Transit Arts. So. And what's the age range of the kids that participate? Yeah, typically, I think my youngest is 13. I think my oldest is like 22. Okay. So it's a good Is there a range. limit there for what the, you know, I can't go? Uh there's not really a limit. I mean, I, I have actually had parents sit in. Okay. But typically, it's for youth. We really want to be able to expose youth to the arts in a way that they may not get in school. Okay. And how do they structure their programming? Is it sort of quarterly? Is it, you know, every a half, six months of a class? It's weekly. Yeah. Okay. So so every week um, there are workshops. So I guess you, what I'm asking is, is when somebody start because it tries to build on itself, right? Like, hey, last week we did this and now we're going to take that same work and we're going to edit it. Yeah. Or, yeah. And we try to. But there's no actual like curriculum outlined because we get new kids all the time. OK. So awesome. Especially like on Thursdays. That's our open studio. OK. So we have kids drop in all the time. They have friends who have never been to a space like that who want to come. OK. And drop in and you just start working on something and we're always there so we can work with the kids at any time um i structured mine a little bit more this past year because okay. i wanted the kids to produce something okay so they are coming out with a chat book um, right. it's going to be released this thursday that's great mm-hmm. that's great and where where would folks be able to pick that up at if you know, if by chance this episode doesn't come out before this Thursday. <laughs> yeah, they so they can reach us at transitarts.com. Okay, cool. Yeah, or they can contact me personally. That's, that's great. Cool too. I'll yep. make sure your website and everything's in the show notes for the episode. Yes, thank um, you. So how many kids are you dealing with every week, every Thursday? Yeah, so um, my class is probably anywhere between five to eight. Okay. Um, so not a huge class, and it fluctuates. It's up and down. So and is it free for youth to free. participate? 
That's it's free. Yep, it's free for them to participate. Yep. All the classes there. All the classes are free for all the kids to participate. That's awesome. Yeah, it's That's pretty awesome. cool, right? <laughs> and they refer to you there as a as a master artist. This is true. This is what they call me, a master artist. Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about that title? <laughs> I think it's funny because okay. I don't really consider myself a master artist. I feel like I'm still trying to master my craft. Well, you know, you know so. you've got at least one degree. You've got, uh, excuse me, you have two degrees. <laughs> Uh, and you're also studying for your MFA in poetry. I am. That's I awesome. Am. Thank you. Coming up December 1st, you're performing an event, uh, a jazzy Christmas. Yes. Can you talk about what you'll talk about the event as a whole and then what you're going to be doing there? Sure. So the event um, is an annual event. And um, basically a woman named Shelly Stewart puts this event on to kind of um, just celebrate the holidays and uh, invite people to kind of join in the festivities. And so she has live performances. So I'm one of many performances that will take place. There's several bands that will be there in addition to singers. And I will be doing a poem. Um, and I have a dancer who's going to accompany me. Her name is Lori Lindsay. Mm -hmm. And she's incredible. She was just in um, the Harlem Renaissance um, pr production that just took place at the Lincoln Theater awesome. last weekend. And so she will be um, accompanying me. And so she is, will dance while I do a poem. Is it fair to say she'll be interpreting? It is fair to say that she will be interpreting. Okay. Yes. Uh, yeah, absolutely. She will be um, interpreting okay. what I'm saying. But yeah. not... Uh, you guys will rehearse ahead of time and yeah. sort of like, oh, maybe I, you know, as you're reading your poem, you take a little bit more of a pause in order to, you spit out your words quick. <laughs> <laughs> that that poem was a little fast. So, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I guess I do. <laughs> gotcha. And then you're also doing, uh, coming up in January, a series of workshops where folks uh, talk through that. Is that both writing and performance? How How's that going to work? Sure. So it will be both. Um, so that is uh, a series of workshops that will take place and it will lead up to a community wide slam. OK. That Kappa is actually putting together. So they're actually bringing Hamilton here, as you may know. I, I have heard. You have heard. Yes. And so we will be giving away tickets to the winner of a community wide slam. OK. Uh, and so we're really excited about that. So the workshops, um, I will be doing them along with Will Evans, who mm -hmm. has been a coach and mentor uh, to me for years and a good friend and we'll be doing the the workshops together and so they'll basically basically if you want to compete in the slam you have to choose a theme from hamilton okay uh, that, um, that has emerged from hamilton and you have to write an original piece and perform it uh for the day of the slam okay and so the workshops are really geared towards helping people get um interested involved and then um, to help them feel more comfortable okay with what it is that they'll be presenting so if they've never done a slam before they can say like hey i need help with this so but when they're showing up they've got at least a draft of something hopefully but even okay. if they don't we will do some <laughs> writing exercises good uh, and so so it will be writing and performance okay. we probably won't even get into performance into the later workshops right if people want to come and then once they have multiple drafts right they want to practice and um, we probably won't do that till later gotcha mm -hmm. and this is something that folks would need to sign up for as well they would yep great. and so we'll have a sign up and we'll be doing promo soon great yep. and you can look for a link to those signups in the show notes as well you talked before about your subject matter. A lot of it right now is, you know, you your experience as a woman of color. You came from, and it's been published certainly in the Columbus Live, you know, the loss of your mother, the, the illness of your father, mm -hmm. a couple of pretty bad relationships, it seems. Mm -hmm. 
choose three points in time <laughs> and sort of talk about your evolution as an artist and sort of because you step back right like you step back was that just that was for seminary right yeah i stepped back from slam okay for a while so i performed but i slept i stepped back from slam and why is that um i think i needed a break yeah i think i was burnt out um i was competing a lot and i was doing every competition well i imagine still holding down a day job yeah, at that time I was in school. Okay. Um, at that time I was still in school, but I was doing field study, and I yeah I was in a bad situation. Okay. And um, I needed to take time away. Yeah. Um, from competing. Yeah. Okay. So I did. I took time. How has the the writing and the subject matter changed over time? I know what you're focused yeah. on right now. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I guess the the. <clears throat> The outlet here and the way I want you to think about it is for folks who could possibly use poetry or performance or but I'm thinking specifically just of poetry um, to process and Mm. as part of their recovery. Yeah. Is it just explicit in that you're focused specifically on like this is what happened to me or is it much more choosing metaphors and just like enjoying the process like can you do it both ways yeah absolutely I and I think you can I think you can do it both ways um I, I think for me what I'm writing about right now is um I am th- I'm writing about a lot of things that happened in my childhood that were traumatic that okay. I didn't realize were traumatic Okay. So a lot of things have come back to me in like flashbacks, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm not, I'm realizing that those things affected me in ways that I didn't know that they affected me. Yeah. So I'm writing a lot about that. I'm writing about um, the land that I lived in, in Youngstown. Okay. And what that looked like and felt like and what it even feels like now mm-hmm. being there. So. How much of it, because a lot of this is super personal, right? Mm-hmm. I got to assume that there's stuff that you write and you write it for yourself mm-hmm. and it's not for sharing. Mm-hmm. Or do you as an artist sort of say it's important to me to put this out even if, you know, I'm curious about sort of where you draw that line. Yeah. I think because I grew up in a slam space, okay, where you where there's a lot of vulnerability. Right. There's no really um, pulling back from that. Okay. There's a lot of vulnerability. There's a lot of openness. Um, I know sometimes people go into slams and they're like, oh, my goodness, I just feel like I was just in a therapy session, you know, because that's yeah. how it is. It's raw. Um, and I think it, it got popular for being that. And okay. because I grew up in that, that's where my writing comes from. That's something that I found. I found like sanctuary in that. So um, for me, when I write. I write. And typically the other part of me writing that is getting it out. Okay. So it's important for me to share. So there's not a lot. Honestly, there's some things that I write that I don't share. Right. It's not a lot. Yeah. But mostly everything I share, I, I try to push out because I do know, too, I believe in the fact that I have a story. Right. And, you know, sometimes I, I've been... um called the dark writer like i write a, about a lot of darkness and trauma well there's been a lot of darkness there's and trauma been, exactly right? right that's what i tell people there's been a lot of darkness and trauma but then too 
people are like, well, where's the, where's the, you know, the, the light at the end of the tunnel. And I say, I am it. I'm the living Testament. Okay. You know, I survived it. I'm here. Yeah. And I'm here to tell my story. Right. And so there's the power in that. Is there, I guess someone would think like, oh, you get up and do that poem and then you have to answer all these questions, Mm. you know, and does that is, does that happen or is it sort of, well, they did that on stage and this is different now. Um, so the beautiful thing about slam is you don't answer questions. <laughs> you got to get on stage and you get off. Um, but it, you know, well, but I, I imagine in the venue, you're walking just right up back out into the audience, right? Yeah, these you are, are, these are, you are coffee shops and bars. Yes. And like, this is not like, Oh, I exit stage left. That's true. That's true. So do I get asked questions after? Well, or is it almost, I guess what I'm asking is, is it a culture where that's just not appropriate? Like, hey, that was their, you know, performance, or is it just totally open? Sometimes. Sometimes okay. people will ask, especially if they know you, you know. Um, oh, I didn't know that, Barbara. Yeah, I didn't know that, Barbara. Or a lot of times people just hug you. You know, yeah. I always get, after my shows, people always are like, can I hug you? <laughs> I'm like, yes, I promise I'm okay. You yeah. Know? <laughs> but yes, you can hug me. Um, and sometimes people will ask, and, and sometimes they won't. But I think um, what I hope is that people feel connected to yeah. at least one piece of it. And I think that's the power in it, is that people find themselves in at least a piece of your story. Well, and one thing that you thing. didn't say just now is I imagine a lot of people share with yes. you then too they do yeah they do um yeah and i'm and i'm open about the fact that i've 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 gone through domestic violence situations yeah and especially a lot of my work that came out in 2017 okay was about that and i've gotten a flood of inboxes and calls and messages of women who've gone through very similar experiences how do you do you keep a web presence that's like just yours just a social media. Gotcha. I don't. I, I have a WordPress, but I don't utilize it a lot. Okay. I'm working on a website, so it should be up um, by the end of the month. Great. Yeah. Well, we'll make sure we share it when yeah. it's up. Let yeah. 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 It should be. Yeah. I'm almost done. So. Great. Yeah. Can I invite you to share one more poem for us? You can. Do I do a short one or do I do a long? Do a little longer one. A longer one. Yeah. Okay. I'll do some. I'll do this piece. This is House of Dust. You will build a house out of dust. Until you realize that the home is within you. When I realized I was being swallowed, it was too late. I saw the bullet swallow the wind and remembered how the clouds held up the sky. Yay. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm reminded that it's just that, a shadow. That these dry bones can still rise on tomorrow. Told death, you thought you had all of me. How I buried my mother at 15. Watched my brother take his last breath at 17, visited my father on psych floors of hospital rooms for years. Then I ran into houses of men disguised like homes. You will build a house out of dust until you realize that the home is within you. When you paint out loud and there's a lump in your throat the size of a whale stuck inside the whale, my body drifts and floats around me. Tell Jonah how I swallowed myself in the belly of my own fear and woke up swimming in the reality of my insecurity scales. Now all I see is shadow of myself. I lived broken girl and made all the wrong choices. How I moved out of my house and her house to his house and the hotels and couches from home to home to house to house to where is my home? Is there a home etched inside a staccato for me? And oh Lord, I wanna forgive the man who raised his hand. Forgive the broken black boy who had his back broken so he broke mine. 
Failed to see I was ribbed, so he broke my spine. Forgive the black boy broken, whose daddy loved him hollow. So he hunts for housewives made of sheepskin and tongueless mouths. Father, forgive him, for he knows not what he does. And Father, forgive me, for I knew not who I was. I flooded my bones with suicide. And every demon who whispered into my eardrums staccato opinions that almost swallowed me whole. How I learned how to build a house out of dust until I realized that the home was within me. Then one day, I stopped doing all the things I thought I had to do. Stopped being all the things I thought I needed to be and remembered how I could write myself out of my own skin. My mouth, a boundary worth breaking, remembered what it was like to have poems written into me, to write myself into a poem so thick it spills salvation, to cough so many poems from my lungs that it creates sanctuary. And yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will no longer fear myself. How this life of mine was disrupted but not over. And the light in me is the light in whom I serve and what a sacrifice. To go to every dark place and have to write life back into your life just for someone else to breathe. And oh Jonah, I know you ran from what will carve you holy. For you didn't understand that the calling will always outrun you. My chaos was birthed in every ounce of normalcy I thought I needed to be. My freedom was found in just being me. So here is where I throw up my hands and tell myself to dance until every piece of devil that was burned within me falls into landing. On the day my soul was faceless, I was ocean. On the day I was ocean, I found my face. When the neighbors told me of my house, I said my house of dust blew up in flames while I was inside, but I survived, told them of the shadows, showed them my scales that I was searching for a house through all of this dust until I learned how to find the home within myself. Thank you. Thank you. If folks want to check out performance poetry in yeah. Columbus, what mm -hmm. are good ways to see it? What are venues people can check out? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Writing Wrongs Poetry, which is a slam venue that I grew up in, um, we are uh, every other week. Okay. Um, on Tuesdays at Mikey's Late Night Slice. The one on 3rd? Yes. Or excuse me, 4th. 4th, fourth, fourth, South 4th. Fourth. Fourth. Yeah, Mikey's Late Night Slice on 4th. Um, so that's every other week, every other Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday night's Cafe Kerouac is every week. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it's it's actually writer's block poetry. It's housed at Cafe Kerouac yeah. every Wednesday. Um, Thursday nights, there used to be a spot. There isn't anymore. Monday nights, there is um, the Poetry Forum. Okay. It's at uh, Bossy Girls Pinup Joint. Mm -hmm. And there are a few different quarterly shows. So you have Paging Columbus that's once a month. You have Seventh Draft Poetry Slam, which is once a month. And both of those are housed at $2 Radio. Okay. And I'm trying to think what else is going on. I feel like, there's, I feel like I'm missing something, but, um, but Great. It's definitely those. Yes. Well, and yeah, we'll link to those resources and more. So. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Barbara, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. Again, you can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Please rate, subscribe, share this episode of the Confluence Cast with your friends, family, contacts, enemies, your favorite poet. If you're interested in sponsoring the Confluence Cast, get in touch with us. We can be reached by email at info at theconfluencecast.com. Our theme music was composed by Benji Robinson. 
Our producer is Philip Cogley. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. Have a great week. Thank you.